Hey everyone, and welcome to the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I am your host, Jared Saavedra. It's episode four. I got a very special guest for you today. If you are a personal trainer or strength conditioning coach and you are looking to get into the online remote coaching game, this is gonna be the episode for you. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. My guest today is the head coach at the Online Trainer Academy. He is the project manager at the Personal Trainer Development Center, as well as co-author of the Wealthy Fit Pro Guide to Online Training to help more people make more money, have more freedom. Pretty much this guy is just a serial entrepreneur. Welcome, Alex Cartmail. What's up, man? Dude, Jared, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. It also sounds crazy to hear the word author in there. That's one of the first times. Oh, <laughs> it's awesome. So tell them a little bit about your book. Yeah, man. So the book is called The Wealthy Fit Pro's Guide to Online Training. Um, so, so as you mentioned, I run a program called the Online Trainer Academy, which is basically a business development program for personal trainers that, that basically says, okay, hey, you're a personal trainer. Let's, let's show you how to take the skills that you already have. And turn that into a business where you can offer your services online and sort of build a business, a stable business around that. And so the course is very thorough. Um, you know, it's it's expensive, it's thorough, it's very comprehensive, it has a mentorship attached to it. It's just it's a big step for a lot of people. And so what we found was there was quite a few people who wanted to take the first few steps down this path and kind of dip their toes in to see what it's about and weren't quite ready to invest to grand at 2,500 bucks and something. And so we wrote this book as kind of a first step as, Hey, if, if this interests you and if, if the idea of remote coaching is, is something that, that piques your interest, this is a really good first step of what you need to know. And, and we don't dive unbelievably deep in every single topic, but we cover all the basics of, Hey, what is online coaching? Who is it for? Who, who is it not for? What are the basics of the technology you need? What are the basics of the, the, the pricing and the programming that you need it? And so we just kind of cover the gamut of if you want to dip your feet in, this is kind of the first step. And absolutely. It's a great book. How long was that entire process for you all to, to do? That's a good question, man. Um, it was probably about a year. We actually started with, I would just write a chapter. And then the CEO of the Personal Training Development Center, John Goodman, we would get on a call and basically work through it. And I'm the type of writer who likes to write and edit and reread before I move on to the next thing, as opposed to kind of just tossing all my thoughts out on paper. Right. Um, so it might take me 30 to 60 minutes to write one page, but that page is four or five edits down the line. But what was really interesting is really early in that process, John basically said, hey, man, whatever you write in this process is going to just get destroyed by the editors no matter what. Um, and Why is so, that? Why is that, though? Just because that is what they do. Uh -huh. they, they're able to take your thoughts and your words and morph it and twist it into a way that is easily digestible and that's easy to read. And, and it's magic, man. I honestly don't know how they do it. Our editorial director, Lou Schuler, he'll send me um, like a piece of content of mine that he wants to repurpose for the site. And it's my thoughts, but I'm like, damn, man, how in the world did you do that? It sounds a hundred times better than what I wrote. And it took me an hour to write that thing. Wow. Um, 
and so I don't know why that is. This is, this is my first book. Um, it's just, I just think they have a certain way of thinking that, that allows them to do that. Um, that I certainly don't have. And I know John doesn't have, and you know, this was John's 10th or 11th book. And he basically just said, yeah, don't, don't worry too much about getting it perfect because it's going to go through so many rounds of editing, um, that all your hard work probably won't do too much in the end. Um, and so that's interesting. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So it's a lot more of a collaboration than people, people give it credit for essentially. for, For sure, man. Um, no question about that. And, and, and so that, that conversation basically led to just get your thoughts down on paper and move on. And that was a really hard transition for me because I would get my thoughts out knowing there were typos, knowing there were areas that, man, I really need to go back and re-edit this because it's terrible. Um, but I sort of had to force myself to move on. And so the first half of the book took a lot longer than the second half of the book for, for that reason. Okay. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed that you are very good at is public speaking. And mm. so for the, the the subscribers and everybody who's kind of listening. So I met Alex in Indianapolis this last year. Um, he presented on online training that we'll, we'll dive into a little bit today. And he just did a fantastic job engaging with his audience and answering questions. And by the end of the presentation, so many people had their, their, their answers uh, complete. And you know, he uh, he turned a lot of heads, and I think he busted a lot of myths on on what online training is, online training is, and and what it can help the you know the end user as well as the coach. Uh, can you dive a little bit into that and what you kind of how the, how you prepared for that presentation with so many kind of different eyes on you? Yeah, man, that's a really great question, um, and I appreciate that. By the way, that was that oh, was you one did of a the great first. Job. Yeah, thanks, man. That's that. That means a lot to me. That was that was one of the first kind of bigger conferences that I've spoken at. I used to I used to teach a class, so it wasn't brand new. Um, mm-hmm. But damn, I was nervous for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about a subject that's kind of it's kind of looked at like kind of taboo in in a sense for yeah. some people, especially the yeah, older crowd. So yeah, and especially for that crowd where I, I knew a lot of the population were gym owners um, and and not super familiar with that route and possibly even had had not positive associations with the words online training or remote exactly. coaching or whatever it may be. And so trying to tread those waters kind of carefully and say, and, and not be sure not to make it a point where my approach is, Hey, this is the way to go, but right. approach it as this might be the way to go for you. Here's how to assess if it is or not. And kind of laying the foundation of, Hey, the online environment and the in-person environment one isn't necessarily inherently better than the other one. You shouldn't lump all of your clients into one just for the sake of that. You should understand how they differ and understand who, both from the coach's perspective and the client's perspective, who's going to thrive in each environment. Um, Not only so you can assess for your current clients, but so you can assess for prospects who might come to you wanting certain things or having certain goals, and you can lay out a plan for them utilizing these environments, knowing full well how they differ and how that might benefit. No, um, that, yeah. What are so, some myths that you kind yeah. of seen with that though? Some myths? Yes. Some myths that, I mean, you busted a bunch of them there, but what, what is kind of the, the drawback or the feedback, the, the negative feedback you get at least mm. initially from people who are not as open-minded to online training? What is some of the pushback you've gotten? Yeah. So I think a lot of the pushback is you can't be there with the person. Obviously that is, that is the biggest, um, sort of drawback to the online environment is 
you're not directly next to them at all times. And so what this does is this, this makes the online environment a bit more proactive and the in-person environment a bit more reactive. Um, exactly. and, and for this reason, this is exactly why we strongly recommend that every single trainer have at least a year's experience before they even consider online. Because mm -hmm. when you're learning to become a great trainer, it's, it's really hard to do that in a proactive environment because in a proactive environment, you have to understand what's going to happen before it happens and take the appropriate steps to get ahead of that. And so if you know a client sits a lot, for example, or, or if you know they, they, they hunch and they might have tight hip flexors or they might have um, bad shoulders or whatever it may be, you have to know that when they're doing certain exercises, things may happen. You have to make note of that. Um, in a reactive environment, however, you can see when something happens right then and there you can react to it. You can try something to see if it will fix it, adjust, see if it works. If it doesn't, you can try something else, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just much easier to learn the ins and outs of, of training and to become a great trainer when you can live in that reactive environment than the proactive one. And no. so that's, that's, that's exactly why, mm -hmm. at least from the coach's perspective, if, if someone comes to me and say, Hey, Either I just got certified, I want to do online, or I want to become a trainer and I want to offer courses or do online. If if I learn that they really do want to become a personal trainer, I rarely, if ever, recommend that they start online. And it's true. I mean, you that that is certainly a downside of online. While it has a lot of great benefits, there are certain populations because of that that I would avoid working with online. Like if you're an absolute, complete beginner, have never touched a weight before, I would be hesitant to work with you online because it, it takes a lot of time to build up that comfort in the gym and to form that mind muscle connection and to get basic right. form. If you're a high performance athlete, if you're in a rehab environment, those are kind of the big three populations where it's like being in that reactive environment and, and being able to be there with them in person is a lot more valuable in those populations than, than a lot of others. And so it can be done. Of course, there's people who have online businesses around those populations, but it's, it's, it's ones that I've found that that amplify that reactive environment even more where it's a lot more beneficial. Absolutely. No, those are great points. Um, so as far as for the coach, what do you think some of the benefits are for the, the actual coach? Yeah. So from the coach's perspective, um, just to kind of finish the thought of who, who it may or may not be for, obviously, if you don't have that experience, probably not for you. Mm -hmm. If you hate the Internet, and I only mention right. this because... I get this all the time where a prospect will, will come to me and say, Hey, I want to do this, but I hate social media and I hate talking to people online and I hate sitting in front of a computer. And it's, and, and I honestly say, think about that. Uh, don't just jump into this because when you're working online, you kind of have to work online sometimes and right. you kind of have to sit in front right. of a computer sometimes. And I totally, it's, it's not an inherently bad thing that you hate that. Um, it's not something that I absolutely love but I love it enough to work a hundred percent remote job. And so a lot of it comes down to self-awareness of, yeah, if you get on Facebook and you start scrolling for five minutes and you just despise every single thing that you see on there and you start cursing in your head at everyone. And it's just like, that's something to recognize. But yeah, so, so the benefits for the coaches, because you, you don't have to meet with them in person, it opens up your flexibility a lot. So for example, if you have one client that you work with in person and you train with them at 7 a.m., you're not training with another client at 7 a.m. at that time. You are with that one client and you're trading dollars for hours, which is absolutely okay. And you can't really have another client 
in your system doing work, paying you at that same time because you need to focus on that one client. Sure. With online coaching, however, and this is also a benefit to the client, you don't have to meet with them for every single session. And so you might have four clients working out at 7 a.m. at one time in different parts of the world. And then you might be working with an in-person client at the same time working with five clients. And, and not only is that helpful for the coach, but that's helpful for the client who might live far away or might have a busy schedule or just doesn't necessarily need you there every single session and not having to match up your availability um, with their availability can be really helpful. Um, and I speak to a lot of coaches who have clients who, who travel a lot, or like I said, who live far away. And it's a really nice option to kind of say, Hey, I can deliver my services to you with the same quality and still provide the same support without having to meet at a physical location or even live within a 20 mile radius of me. Um, so it opens up your total available market quite a bit as well. For sure. No, you've brought up some good points there. I know for myself, when I was, you know, training in Albuquerque, we would mm. have a lot of MMA athletes that would come in and, you know, spend a training camp there and they would go back to their country or their, you know, different state or whatnot. And they right. still wanted to continue to, to train with me, but I had no tangible way of giving them a workout program if it was on an excel sheet or whatever you know we it ended up being a lot more work because they would have to you know go to youtube or they maybe they don't even understand the exercise to begin with and then you know it became kind of a, a difficulty not being able to provide a platform for that so so i mean man everything you give in that book i mean i strongly encourage every single person to to go and get that book without a doubt how well, do I appreciate you think that, man yeah, no, it's a, it's an amazing resource without a doubt. Um, how do you think like online training should be implemented if you were, if it's someone who, you know, obviously is trying to scale their business, scale mm -hmm. their online impact. What are, what are the best models that you've seen implemented into what they're doing, their business model to help them? Yeah. Scale their business essentially. Sure. And are you asking more from the marketing side of things or more on the business structure side of things on how they implement online training? I guess both, really, both, yeah. um, whether it's hybrid or whatnot, what have you seen the most successful? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's obviously a huge spectrum of that. And I, and, and I think, uh, that, that brings up a really great point, honestly, of there, there is no universal or inherent best or right way to go about it. And I think that's, that's one kind of another myth to come back to is there's a lot of people who come into our community with the mindset of, okay, I've never done this before. What's the right way to do it? Or what's, what's the best way to do it? And what that does is that mindset prevents you from looking internally and prevents you from identifying your own needs before asking that question. And that can be a really slippery slope. Because what that does is now you look to other people and what they're doing to help you decide what you should do. And while that might work, it's, it's kind of a shot in the dark, right? Because you don't really know what you need before you go looking for someone else for inspiration. And so right. you say, oh, this is working for this person, so it must work for me. I mean, it goes back to the Instagram coach who lost 10 pounds and says, now I'm a trainer and, and, and I'm taking on new clients. You know, oh, it's, it's we a very see that all mindset. the time. Oh my goodness. I was like, I don't even want to get you started. Because <laughs> I know it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I know you have thoughts on that. <laughs> so to, to go off of that, there is no best, a really good sort of overarching guiding principle that I, that I think will help is take the time to decide what it is that you need and 
what it is, what, what environment you thrive in and what your clients need and allow that to guide your decisions as, as far as what to do moving forward. So the hybrid approach is great, which is basically a combination of, of in-person and online training. A lot of gym owners utilize this where they basically just implement an online component to their in-person structure. Um, and they're able to either transition some of their current clients to that who would just better thrive in that environment. And then also understand that when new prospects come in, that they can also filter um, to, to the hybrid approach as well. And there's a lot of people who were just p personal training in a gym and then say, I'm kind of done with this. I've built up a relationship. I've built up a clientele. Now I want to just train online and, and sort of transition their services online. Um, which kind of leads me to another myth of training in person and online are not, it's not the same skill set. It's, it's not the same structure. Right. Um, which you go into in the book, but so yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of ways to kind of implement it. Um, and, and it's very nuanced and this is why we have the mentorship in the online trainer Academy is we have conversations with every single person. And while sort of the guiding principles are similar, how to specifically implement and what specific steps to take are very individual to each person where they're currently at and, and their career and, and what steps they, they, they kind of want to take. But we cover a few different options in the book, but yeah, it's, 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 it's very nuanced. Without a doubt. What brought you into the kind of the online space? I know you started off as a, a strength coach or personal trainer at a gym. I was looking at your, your background a little bit. Um, what brought yeah. you into that? Space? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned, I, I was a trainer. I have a exercise science degree from Oregon state university and, and I sort of just was heading down that path. I was, a I was a trainer at U of O as a trainer at OSU. And, um, when I was transitioning from university of Oregon to Oregon state, I did not get a job at their gym immediately. And so I thought, well, screw it. I'm still going to train people. I'm just going to work with people online and, and deliver programs online. And that was kind of my first sort of dabble with, with the remote coaching space. Um, I only did that for maybe six to eight months and then I did end up getting a job at, at Oregon state. So I, I stopped doing that. How did and you then, deliver your programs online at that time? It was just Excel. Okay. Just Excel. Um, I would store everything in, in Google drive, send programs via Excel, basically how I structured them on my end anyway, for my in-person clients okay. and just sent it to them. And then I'd say, let me know if you have questions. And that was about it. Awesome. And, and how'd you link up with, uh, Jonathan? Yeah. Oh man. So that's a story. Yeah. Um, so when I was at U of O and I, and, and OSU, I was just a, I was a fan of the PTDC. I was a trainer. They, they were a great company for trainers. I was just a genuine fan. And so I actually stumbled upon a message that I had wrote John maybe seven years ago that basically just said, Hey man, I love what you do. I think this is a great site. You know, you, you care a lot about the trainers. I, I think it's so awesome. So I've just been really connected, uh, with, with him and the company and, he put out this opportunity that said, Hey, um, I can mentor you not speaking to me personally, but just, I can mentor one person for six months. Here's how you apply. And the application was write me a 500 word letter and mail it to me and explain it to me why you're better than everyone else in 500 words. Oh, wow. And so I was like, obviously I got to try this out. Um, so I mail him a letter. I make it to the final eight, which is like a phone call terrified, right? Cause he's like a celebrity to me at this point. Right. Um, absolutely terrified, sweating, shaking, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> he, just like the conference. Um, 
And uh, he asked me this question that that is ultimately why I'm in this position today. And he said, what makes you a better trainer than someone who is 15 years older than you and has 15 more years experience and is an all around just better trainer than you and has more information? Why would a client hire you who has two years experience or one year experience over that trainer? Yeah, good. That's a good question. That's a great question. Um, and I gave some bullshit answer that didn't make sense. And he basically said, I don't think you understood the question. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I had no idea. Fast forward a year later, that, that really bothered me, man. I was, I was really thinking about that question a lot. And one morning at about 4 a.m., I started to come up with an answer that really clicked with me and made sense for some reason. And so I grabbed my phone and just started started typing out this super long answer. The very next morning, I send John a message and basically just say, hey, you don't remember me, um, but we had this 10-minute phone call a year ago. Here's my answer to this question. And he said, dude, this is super badass. Do you want to be an intern? I said, absolutely. So I was an unpaid intern for a year, year and a half, uh, slowly and slowly got more work, slowly got paid a little bit more. And then when he wanted to build out the online trainer Academy, he said, Hey, want to build this out with me and run it. And here we are, man. <laughs> yeah, good for you. So it's quite the process. A lot of people are, are listening to this, especially young coaches to see like what kind of things it does take in order to get to the positions and that, that you will end up crossing, you know, and, and I truly a, a big believer in those unpaid hours get you paid. You know, absolutely, man. Absolutely. When it comes to that. So, man, awesome. I won't take up a ton of your time, a ton more of your time. Um, we're going to do a little finisher at the end. Uh, just give, you know, just a short answer. I really, I think this will help a lot of people. Um, are you cool with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. So what fitness entrepreneur do you think I should have on this podcast? Ooh. I think someone, you should have, yeah, yeah. Someone who is, you know, entrepreneurial that could help a lot of young coaches. Mm. Uh, I think, I think Dr. John Berardi would be fantastic. Oh man, I, I love awesome. hearing him speak. Um, he, he and John Goodman have have a lot of conversations. I've never had a, a personal conversation with him, but I, I think he has a really great mind and and a really great lesson or a lot of great lessons that apply to a lot of different industries as well as of course health and fitness and nutrition um but when you asked that question he was the one who kind of jumped in my mind oh uh, that's, a, well, that's a great answer um what other podcasts should trainers or coaches listen to that are outside of like strength conditioning or training oh another good question man and, and also one that i won't be able to answer super well um i so <laughs> my podcast direction is I am a conversation fan. Mm -hmm. I like listening to interesting people just have random ass conversations about whatever and kind of be a fly on the wall. Um, which by the way, I am blown away at, at the time we live in for that reason. Without like a doubt. the fact that we can listen to a keynote or, or watch a keynote speech that people pay hundreds or thousands to go to, and we can just watch it on YouTube or the fact that we can be a fly on the wall when these massive entrepreneurs and great minds are just having a two hour conversation. I mean, it, it, it seems to me that we don't always recognize how fucking cool that is. Oh man. Exactly. I mean, right. So anyway, no, we're in a great oh, oh, time. Go ahead, man. Sorry. No, no, we're in a great time. No, keep going. 
Um, so I'm a big fan of like the Mark Marin podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I listen to the Conan O'Brien podcast. I, I, Oh, I love I, Conan O'Brien, man. Right. It's just, I love Conan O'Brien. It allows him to shine in a different light and not take that TV scripted form that I feel like is, is very structured and kind of fake to some extent. Um, and so those, those are the types that I, that I enjoy listening to the most. Awesome. What is the best place you've ever traveled to? Man, I would probably say Sayulita, Mexico. Uh, we, this was actually a PTDC company retreat that we do every year. Um, and we went last January and it was just kind of a remote, not, not super remote, but not super touristy town in Mexico on the, on the West coast. And it was just so communal and what so, part of Mexico is that? I actually uh, never heard of that. It's like, uh, Puerto Vallarta, like 45 minutes North. I want to say oh, okay. of that. Um, yeah, just on the Pacific side, just <laughs> that's all I can tell you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man, it was just a really, really amazing environment in, in the sense that they don't have as much as we do. Um, right. just objectively yet right. on a whole, they're happier than we are. And they, isn't they, that weird? Isn't that it's, interesting? It's weird. And it isn't, it's very interesting. And it provides us perspective. I think of we're conditioned to need a lot more than we think to be happy. And we chase a lot of external factors in order to give us this happiness when really our happiness is just waiting inside of us at all times. And we just have to tap into it and we yeah. tap into it using the wrong things. And it's because man. of the society that we live in. Exactly. Right? Man, I hope people are listening to this. This is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and so just, just being there was such a great reminder of that. And there would just be bands playing randomly at like 2 p.m. And, and the town would have a dance party for 20 minutes. And then they would disperse and go on with their lives. And it's like, I just feel good here, man. And I have, I have, I have nothing. I had no right. shirt on. I just had flip-flops on. I barely had any money. Like, I was just like... This is what life's about, and I think it's very easy to lose sight of that in the environment that we live in, where it's just a lot of work and a lot of societal pressure to be a certain way, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. So that that was probably my favorite spot for that reason. Talk about a benefit of online training, man. Without a doubt, being able to have those experiences. Hundred percent, man. That that freedom is everything. Last question, my man. Uh, what's the best movie you've seen in the last year? Ooh, man, <laughs> you're hitting me with all. For me, these are so tough because I'm like, I watch no movies. Um, really? Dude. Even I, documentaries, whatever. Now, I shouldn't say no movies, but yes, no movies. Uh, I, I enjoy documentaries, but here's how I view them, man. And this is just proof on how weird my mind is. I feel like it's a commitment. And... When I sit down and watch a show or watch some kind of entertainment, it's usually a break for me. It's a, it's, I, I want it to be a mental break. And right. when I commit to, to watching a movie, especially one that I haven't seen or a show that I haven't seen, I have to focus on it so much. And I want to dissect every single thing. And I want to take in the artwork or the information, if it's a documentary or whatever it may be. And my mind almost doesn't view it as a break. And so I'm the type of person who basically watches the same things over and over when I want to watch something. Um, 
It's so funny. My answers to these no, questions scatters, are hilarious. That is interesting. No, um, no, that's. But to answer your question, man, the best movie I've seen the past year, I would probably say, I'm trying to think of literally a movie I've seen the last year. So, so the other weird thing is that when I do sit down and watch a movie, it's always a horror movie. Um, I will be uh. by myself at night just because I love them so much. Okay. And so. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You know, I could definitely <laughs> list off a couple of horror movies I've seen. But well, it's just, give us one. Got to yeah, give us I one. know, dude. My mom. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is so funny. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Thirteen Sins. I just recently saw, which was, which was a really interesting Netflix movie. I think it was a little bit older. It was about this this guy who each sin that he does, some being or something, gives him money and just deposits it straight into his bank account. And of course, he's in the situation where you know he has a he either has a medical problem or like his wife or something has a medical problem where he really needs money. Um, and each sin that he does obviously gets worse and worse, and then he gets more and more money as as he does them. And it's some crazy twist. Like the the first sin is. Hey, you should kill that fly and I'll give you like 500 bucks just to kind of test the waters. And then the the being is like, Hey, you should eat that fly and I'll give you a thousand bucks. And then obviously it escalates into some crazy shit, but that was when I said that was, that was kind of crazy that I enjoyed. Awesome, man. Well, shoot, I'll have to check that out. But, uh, thanks again for your time, Alex, man. Tell everybody how they can reach you, where your products are at. I mean, you have so much good stuff, man. People have to know about it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, so Alex Cartmel for for my personal social media, either on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me there. Um, and then the ptdc.com is really the home base where you can find uh, the Online Trainer Academy, um, all of the books that we've written on, and, and, and all the other products that we have. Um, so that's, that's where I would kind of point people if they want to learn more. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate you. You're a humble dude. And yeah, everybody make sure you go follow this guy. Hey, thanks so much, Jared. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, man. Have a blessed day. Thanks, man. You as well. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it and subscribe to the podcast. We will continue to share the stories of coaches and trainers around the world, as well as other entrepreneurs that our industry can learn from to make ours better. Thank you so much for the support. See you next time.